From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. This week, the National News comes to you from the state of Western Australia. What state are you in? Hi, this is Bob, VK6POP. Nigel, VK6NI. Hi, I'm John, VK6FB. And I'm Dennis, VK6KAD. What's in print? AM for Anzac Day. Sony tape plant to close, the Windermere Triangle, batteries to be banned, and shorter days all up and coming in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia for the week commencing March the 14th, 2010. Now in our audio news service, Jim Linton, VK3PC, starts our special Newswest edition of National WIA News with a look at what's in print. Now for a look at the March edition of Amateur Radio Magazine. It has a fresh look cover to cover. Some of the feature articles include Promoting Amateur Radio via a School Radio Club by Tim Roberts VK4YH and the Warrantinga Fire and Weissen Tasmania, a report by Roger Nichols VK7ARN. Full details are provided of the WIA Centenary Convention Program being held in Canberra the 28th to the 30th of May, including a booking form for intending participants. The WIA Annual Report and part two of the serial history, the time when organised amateur radio was taking shape in Australia. Technical articles this month include a quality audio test oscillator, how to get more power from handheld radios by paying attention to their antennas, a 40 metre groundless and tunerless dipole, complete 8 megahertz IF system, and in Foundation Corner, Ross Pittard, VK3CE, provides details of how to build a simple field strength meter. Plus regular columns on HFDX, the VHF-UHF microwave bands, shortwave listening and more. The WIA Journal Amateur Radio Magazine is sent to WIA members and copies are also available at selected newsagents. Anzac Day equals AM. Before heading off around Australia with news from the various clubs, this in from VK4MIK, Mike Patterson. Mike is part of a group in North Queensland working to get as many Australian and New Zealand amateurs on the AM mode on Anzac Day afternoon as an amateur radio salute to the servicemen and women in the many conflicts. AM was used with CW as a means of communication during World War II, Korea, Malaysia and even early Vietnam. They have made contact with museum ships with a visit to activating them and have also contacted the NZART. Already the Townsville Amateur Radio Club intends running its Sunday night net on the 25th on AM and a North Queensland afternoon net 7.093 will be AM. That at 4pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And the email address is vk4mike at yahoo.com.au. Hi, I'm John, VK6FB, and this is Homes Across Australia. At VK2, car boat sale at the Summerland Club Rooms, Sunday the 28th of March. 414 Richmond Hill Road, Richmond Hill, east of Lismore. Go along, bring, sell, buy anything, not just radio stuff, anything. Admission $5 a car boat or stand, customers free. 
Canteen and barbecue eats will be available. SARC will also sell surplus and other goods. VK3, Radio Electronics and Astronomy Expo. Easter weekend, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, 9am to 4pm. Old Fire Station, View Street, Bendigo. Yes, View Street will come alive with radio waves and galaxies during the Easter weekend as they celebrate 100 years of amateur radio in Australia at the Radio Electronics and Astronomy Expo. See how Grandpa used to listen to the radio in the 1920s, 30s and 40s with an historical display of vintage radios and equipment. Try your hand at Morse code and learn more about the history of communications. The oldest of the newest forms of technology will be demonstrated. Did you know that amateur radio operators can broadcast television pictures, communicate via satellites and even talk to astronauts? Find out how you can obtain your own radio licence. Amazing images of the night sky above Bendigo will be on display. Taken with the City of Greater Bendigo Telescope. See the sun during the day with a special solar telescope. And what do radio astronomers do besides searching for ET. The Expo is a joint project between the Midland Amateur Radio Club and Bendigo District Astronomical Society, with sponsorship from Bendigo Community Telco. The Radio Electronics and Astronomy Expo, Easter Sunday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, 9am to 4pm at the Old Fire Station, View Street, Bendigo. A $2 donation would be appreciated, under 15s free. Gips Tech, 2010, call for papers. Australia's premier event for VHF, UHF, microwave and weak signal activity will be held by the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club, VK3BEZ, on the 10th and 11th of July at Churchill in Victoria's Latrobe Valley. Potential presenters who have a topic that could be as brief as 5 to 10 minutes or up to an hour in length are now invited to submit the presentation title and content outline. Contact the chair of the organising committee, Peter Freeman, email vk3pf at wia.org.au. VK7, the Bottle Shop Net. The Bottle Shop Net was formed in recognition of the large number of older valve radios still in use around Australia. Bottle Shop Net is usually hosted by Gavin, VK7VTX on Flinders Island, and Barry, VK3MBW in Lara, Victoria. It happens at 8pm Tassie time most weeknights on 3 3.59 MHz LSB. Most amateurs know that a bottle in radio terms is a reference to the glass thermionic vacuum tubes that formed the basis of radios before the development of solid state devices. Valves are still in relatively common use today in high power amplifiers, both HF and VHF. Older solid state radios are also welcome on the net and in order to be better fit in they are referred to as stubbies. Everyone interested in firing up an older radio is more than welcome to join in the fun and chat and swap tales of the radios being used. You're tuned to VK1 WIA News. This news broadcast can be heard on linked repeaters VK6 AUF Perth 438.525 and VK6 RMS Mount Saddleback 147.250 Sundays. 9am and 7pm. I'm Trevor, VK6YJ. Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. VK2, Summerland. Warwick from Bonalbo successfully completed his foundation exam and David, VK2, FDEC, completed theory for standard last week at Lismore Clubrooms. The next Summerland Foundation course and exam is on the 17th and the 18th of April. VK3, Arcs Academy will conduct a regulations course over the weekend of Saturday the 27th of March and Sunday the 28th and the venue will be Wordware Proprietary Limited, Level 1, 321 Whitehorse Road, Nunawadding. The course is free of charge. Just email vk3ark at wia.org.au. The course will run from 9.30am to 3pm on Saturday and 10am to 2pm on Sunday. 
The next Foundation Licence Training and Assessment Weekend by Amateur Radio Victoria will be held on the 20th and 21st of March at Ashburton. For inquiries or to enrol in a quality training experience, please contact Barry Robinson, VK3 Puffer Victor, on 0428516001. VK7. Persons in the northwest area of VK7 interested in training and assessment for all classes of amateur radio are advised that NWT ATV Club can provide all these requirements and in addition provision of facilitators via the Radio and Electronics School if candidates so desire. For more information regarding these facilities please contact the club's learning organiser Tony VK7 Alpha X-Ray or the club. Contact details can be found on the wia.org.au site under VK7 Clubs. VK6. Get radioactive. The Western Australian Scout Communications Team is conducting a four-day camp at the Peter Hughes Scout Communications Centre from April 8th to the 11th for Scouts of all ages. The aim of the camp is for participants to gain their Foundation Amateur Radio Licence. To enrol, contact me, Bob, VK6POP, at my call sign at wia.org.au. The Italian Radio Listeners Society, AIR, has awarded the prestigious 2010 Bozzelli Prize to Aris the Amateur Radio in the International Space Station project. The award recognises how ARIS has shown the importance of radio communications to hundreds of young students in Europe and beyond. ARIS has spread the use of radio from the forefront of science and outer space to classrooms around the world. The prize will be delivered at the AIR AGM on the 8th of May in Faenza, Italy. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service relayed via v- VK1WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the world sources of the WIA. ARRL seeks input for new IARU Region 2 band plan. The International Amateur Radio Region 2 Conference, held later this year in El Salvador, brings together delegations from the National Amateur Radio Societies in the Western Hemisphere. One of the topics on the agenda will be Region 2 HF band plan. This band plan is harmonised with Spectrum Management Speak for very similar to the IARU Region 1 and Region 3 band plans. At this year's conference, the IARU member societies will consider possible changes to the Region 2 band plan. The ARRL is cooperating with this procedure by inviting input to be sent to the ARRL Board of Directors Band Planning Committee. The committee will review the existing Region 2 band plan, consider input from the amateur community and make recommendations to the ARRL Board for submission to IARU Region 2. Florida man electrocuted installing antenna to talk to Haiti. Police said the man died when he touched a live power line. They said the antenna was intended to set up communication with Haiti. According to experts in South Florida, that is something ham radio operators would be able to do with relative ease, but the deceased was not a ham. The 27-year-old was from Haiti and had lived in South Florida for less than three years. He ran an internet-based radio station called Radio Tandress, and the website boasted the frequency of 97.7 FM, but was not on the air anywhere in the United States. According to the the police report on the accident. Ham radio operators are supposed to be licensed with the Federal Communications Commission. However, it was unclear who, if any, held a license to use the antenna and any radio gear connected to it at the time of the accident. The 
that took yet another life. Sony to close Alabama magnetic tape plant. Call it a true sign of the times. This with word that Sony Corporation plans to close its tape manufacturing plant in Dothan, Alabama. The need for magnetic tape products dwindles to a trickle worldwide. As recently as five years ago, most recording of video and audio was done to tape. But as magnetic disc drives, flash memory and electro-optical recording technology make rapid advances, the need for magnetic tape products has quickly declined. Now it has finally reached a low, where the demand for magnetic tape products like those produced at the Sony Dolphin, Alabama plant has reached point where keeping it open is no longer economical. According to Sony, operations at the plant will be phased out starting in April, with a closure planned to be completed by September. Windermere Triangle Mystery Soul. A mystery dubbed the Windermere Triangle has finally been solved according to a Daily Mirror story reported by the Southgate Club. For more than a year, drivers in the UK Lake District town found their electric key fobs would not work. Locals thought there might be a paranormal cause, but an engineer sent to probe the ghostly goings-on discovered fob signals were being jammed by a cafe till using the same frequency. Still in the United Kingdom, one of the world's most decorated hams has been invited to meet with the British royal family. Steve Herman, W7VOA of Amateur Radio Newsline says, VU2RBI, Rathi Prasad was invited to speak at the Commonwealth Day international uh, observance in London in March 8. In the presence of HM the Queen, His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall and all Commonwealth High Commissioners. Barathi was part of the 2004 Andaman D expedition team that won the ARRL's 2005 International Humanitarian Award. The December 2004 earthquake and resulting tsunami swiftly shifted the role of the DX operation into an emergency communication link with India's mainland. You may recall VU2RBI visited Brisbane last October and was keen to speak with clubs. Yet, despite asking several weeks on the news, not one club ever did contact us to avail themselves of the opportunity or let the newsroom know they were interested. So from VK4, it's to Buck Palace instead. And just when you thought it was safe to get back into travel, travelling by air with spare lithium-ion batteries for your handy talkie could soon become impossible. This as Computer World reports that the United States Department of Transportation may prohibit the transport of all spare batteries in checked luggage, regardless of their physical size or capacity. Weird and wonderful. The chilly quake may have shortened the days. Scientists at NASA say that the 8.8 magnitude earthquake that struck Chile on Saturday, February 27th, may have shifted the Earth's axis and created shorter days. If their preliminary calculations are correct, each day should be 1.26 microseconds shorter. According to Science Online, large earthquakes cause massive amounts of rock to shift and alters the distribution of mass on the planet. That distribution change causes the rate at which the planet rotates to alter, and it is the rate of rotation which determines the length of a day. Richard Gross is a geophysicist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. He used computer modelling to determine how the magnitude 8.8 quake that struck Chile may have affected Earth. He found that the quake should have moved Earth's figure axis about 8 centimetres. That shift in axis is what may have led to the minutely shortened days. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In WA, it can be heard on 146.7 MHz and also on 7.075 MHz, relayed via the Northern Corridor Radio Group Station, VK6ANC, at 9am local time. And I'm James, VK6FJA. Operational News, Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2010, March 13-14. 
RSGB Commonwealth Contest, March 2021, WIA John Moyle Field Day, April 30, May 6th, Westlake CQ Repeater Contest, May 8, WIA VK Trans-Tasman 80 meter phone, June 12, WIA VK Trans-Tasman 160 meter phone, June 12 and 13, WA Worked All VK Shires, June 1920, WIA Winter VHF UHF Field Day, July 10, WIA Jack Files Contest, August 1415, WIA Remembrance Day Contest, Special Event Calls, Repeater Beacon DX and Net Advice. In DX, we start with word from ARRL Awards Branch Manager Bill Moore, November Charlie 1, Lima. He advises that 3 Victor 3 Sierra operation from Tunisia and the Delta 2 Charlie Quebec operation in Angola have been approved for DXCC credit. The 3 Victor 3 Sierra operation took place in 2009 while the Delta 2 Charlie Quebec operation is ongoing. On air now is G3 Lima Zulu Quebec active as 3 Bravo 9 Whiskey Romeo from Rodriguez Island through April 2nd. His operation is on all bands 160 through 10 meters, mainly CW and with emphasis on the 160 through 40 meter bands. Also look for him to be in the RSGB's 73rd Commonwealth Contest this weekend, March 1314. QSL home call sign. HF Beacon back on air. The Radio Society of Sri Lanka has reinstalled its propagation beacon for Sierra 7 Bravo. It is part of a network of eight HF beacons that were begun by the Northern California DX Foundation and supported by the International Amateur Radio Union. The frequencies used are 14.100, 18 18.110, 21.150, 24.930, and 28.200 MHz. Each beacon operates on the same frequency on a time-shared basis, transmitting every three minutes 24 hours a day. Their call sign is sent in Morse code at 22 words per minute, followed by four one-second dashes. The call sign and the first dash are at 100 watts. The remaining dashes are sent at 10 watts, 1 watt, and 100 milliwatts. St. Patrick's Day Special Event Station. The Foil and District Amateur Radio Club, situated five miles south of Derry, has been allocated the call sign GB5 Sierra Papa Delta to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. The call sign will be used over several days from March 15th until March 17th. A special QSL card has been printed for the occasion and reports from shortwave listeners will also be most welcome. And lastly, Delta Fox 7 Zulu Sierra will be on the air from Madeira Island signing portable Charlie Tango 9 between March 24 and the 31st. Activity will be holiday style and will focus on the work band QSL via Delta Fox 7 Zulu Sierra to which we can only add the line have some Madeira Madeira. Okay, bad joke unless you know the music of the limelighters not to mention Flanders and Swan. Broadcast monitoring, shortwave listening and scanner news. New DRM disco station on shortwave. If you think that shortwave is a dead medium for entertainment then you may be surprised to learn about a Miami based disco music station that can now be heard across North America and Europe. The Disco Palace is using digital radio Mondial or DRM technology to broadcast high quality music programs on shortwave. It's on 17.755 MHz from French Guiana and 6.015 MHz from France. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service relayed via VK1 WIA. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone, Region 3 International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring System Coordinator is Peter Young, VK3MV. New Zealand Intruder Watch, the Monitoring Service Coordinator has recently 
recently sought the approval of the NZART Council and the National System Trustees to use the National System, e.g. 439.875 MHz, periodically to encourage more participation in monitoring the HF bands to report intruders throughout New Zealand. Voluntary observers may briefly be requesting confirmation of an intruding signal to verify the strength and direction for confirmation or to alert others to a potential intruder which is being verified. Poor operating a cause of concern. Participants in the South African Radio League President's Net a few Sundays ago voiced their concern over poor operating procedures and the use of inappropriate language on the South African airwave. While these unacceptable practices are carried out by a small number of radio amateurs, it tarnishes the image of the hobby. The use of inappropriate language on the air is a serious offence and can lead to cancellation of the culprit's licence. These and several other operational issues will be discussed when the South African Radio League Council meets in March. 450 MHz interference nails metro traffic in San Diego. AR Newsline's Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, says metro traffic's voice repeater in San Diego was jammed recently by a large number of simplex handheld radios that were pressed into service by the nearby La Mesa Spring Valley School District. The radios were reportedly programmed to transmit on 455.5 MHz and sold to the school district by an equipment dealer that told the district not to worry about licensing. 455.5 MHz is Metro's licensed repeater input frequency and the resulting interference jammed Metro's helicopter communications. N6OEI used his direction finding skills garnered from his amateur radio training to track down the source of the interference. 20 meter ROS frequencies are moved. Jose Ross, the originator of the new amateur radio data mode ROS, ROS has agreed to move the suggested 20 meter frequencies for ROS to 14.0972 MHz and 14.102 MHz, taking them further away from the 14.100 MHz international beacon chain frequency, as the originals had been 14.098 and 14.1011 MHz. You can find out more about ROS at rosmodem, R-O-S-M-O-D-E-M, dot wordpress dot com, rosmodem dot wordpress dot com, and more about the international beacon project at www ncdxf.org forward slash beacons.html Worldwide Special Interest Groups Ham Radio Movie Interference Interference is a short movie about a ham radio operator who picks up an anomalous radio transmission and stumbles upon an international drug ring. The YouTube description says Interference is about John Upton, a ham radio operator who picks up an anomalous radio transmission. He sets out to discover the source of the transmission through triangulation of the signal and inadvertently stumbles upon an international drug ring. Watch the rest of interference to see how Mr. Upton extricates himself from the thugs and finds love in the process. Google ham radio film interference. CW. The latest high-speed telegraphy honor roll has been published with three amateurs, LZ4UU, DJ1YFK, and EW8VK, achieving an amazing 1,231 characters per minute. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Final Frontier, a close encounter for AMSAT Oscar 51. On March the 1st, the AMSAT Oscar 51, AO51 satellite had a potentially dangerous encounter with another spacecraft known as Form at 3D. Oscar 51 is a popular amateur radio satellite that often functions as a crossband FM repeater, relaying brief conversations over hundreds of miles. Formosat 3D is part of a constellation of six remote sensing microsatellites that collect atmospheric data for weather prediction and for ionosphere, climate and gravity research. Both orbit at an altitude of approximately 500 miles.
Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, it can be heard on Raleigh Stone Repeater 146 700 and also relayed on 80 metres on a 3 decimal 565 MHz Sunday evening at 7pm local time. I'm Steve, VK6 DXA. Scotland is going to the birds, at least figuratively speaking. This as 2E1EUB will again be active as 2M1EUB from March 20 to the 27th, operating every ham radio satellite that it can reach from the Cairngorms National Park. Also look for him on 160 and 80 metres. Check out qrz.com under 2M1EUB for more information on this high-in-the-sky operating event. A radar experiment aboard India's Chandrayaan-1 lunar spacecraft has identified large deposits of water ice near the moon's north pole in more than 40 small craters containing water ice. These findings have just been presented at a U.S. planetary science conference. The craters with ice range from 15 kilometres down to 2 kilometres in diameter. A Dr. Louis Spudis from the Lunar and Planetary Institute Institute in Houston estimated that there was at least 600 million metric tons of water ice held within them. The equivalent amount expressed as rocket fuel would be enough to launch one satellite, sorry, one space shuttle per day for 2,200 years. The RSGB says that the Royal Signals Amateur Radio Society has made a number of its technical documents available for download. Included in the collection are a number of very interesting HF antenna designs and related projects. Rescue Radio Handy Ham World reports that Matthew Arthur KA0PQW of Minnesota has been selected to receive a President's Volunteer Service Award. Arthur is being recognised for his work with the Community Emergency Response Team in Steele County, Minnesota. That's where he volunteered and handled communications during a flood in 2007. According to Handy Ham World, this was a nine-hour non-stop stint that lasted until the National Guard could relieve him. During that time, he handled traffic into and out of the flood zone, passing messages to authorities in the city of Winona. The lowdown column, including precision beacon transmissions, and you can't get much lower than this, 8 kilohertz. Yes, a new VLF DX record has been established, 12.1 kilometres on 8.97 kilohertz. Marcus DF6NM has been able to receive his test transmissions on 8.97 kilohertz at a distance of 12.1 kilometres, currently a record. The ERP was about 1.3 microwatts, using a relatively small antenna with 1.4 Henry loading coil. The transmitter was a 35 watt car radio audio amplifier and the receiver used a 6 metre long antenna with a spec lab software. New Zealand amateurs have been granted access to the 600 metre band. Following submissions from NZ Association of Radio Transmitters, a group that represents New Zealand amateur radio operators, the New Zealand government has agreed to grant NZ amateurs temporary access to a slice of the 600 metre spectrum. From the 1st of March, New Zealand amateurs gained access to a new band, 505 to 515 kHz, on a temporary basis, pending an international allocation to radio amateurs. The requirements of the licence include a maximum radiated power of 25 watts, EIRP, maximum bandwidth of 200 Hz, and the requirement not to interfere fear with other services licensed to use that band. Historically, this part of the radio spectrum was used for maritime communications in Morse code until satellite communications recently made the technology obsolete. Morse code was a capability required by radio operators on ships travelling internationally up until the late 20th century. The licence amendment will make it possible for amateur radio operators involved in restoration of historical radio equipment, for example at the coast station at Music Point in Auckland, to test unmodulated transmission carrier wave signals from the equipment and demonstrate their Morse code skills. Now before we leave this week, Jim Linton rejoins us. Rewind! 
A look back at our history through the serialised written history by WIA Centenary Committee member Peter Wolverton, VK3RV, with assistance of others that is being published in the WIA Journal Amateur Radio Magazine. Experimenters get organised. On the 11th of March 1911, a meeting of like-minded people in the Hotel Australia, Martin Place, Sydney, formed the Institute of Wireless Telegraphy of Australia and soon after dropped the word telegraphy from its name. Chairman of the founding meeting, George Taylor, proposed the formation of an institution among experimenters and enthusiasts in wireless for their mutual benefit. It was also to create a voice with the authorities over the level of licence fee charged and to seek better treatment of experimenters in terms of alleged interference complaints from other Spectrum users. A similar organisation was formed in Melbourne, the Amateur Wireless Society of Victoria, on the 30th of November 1911, at a meeting attended by 50 enthusiasts to form a society so as to bring together all gentlemen who are interested in wireless telegraphy and by the exchange of views to encourage and assist experimentation in this extremely interesting branch of science. In 1913, it changed its name to the Wireless Institute of Victoria and then became the Wireless Institute of Australia Victorian Division with evidence of collaboration between New South Wales and Victoria and around the nation. Then followed the Wireless Institute in Queensland 1912, the West Australian Radio Club in 1913 that ultimately in 1919 became the Wireless Institute of Australia West Australian section. Experimenters in South Australia formed a branch of the WIA in November 1919 and although there were experimental activity in Hobart prior to 1901, the Tasmanian division of the WIA was not formed until 1923. Clubs generally came later and there were many of them. Most were made up of young men and teenagers and were built around the new interest of broadcast listening. Social scene this weekend, March the 14th, VK3, Eastern and District Mountain Radio Club White Elephant Sale. VK6, 100 years of the WIA plus Ham Heaven official opening, the NCRG Club premises in Whiteman Park. And next weekend, March 21, VK7, Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross in VK7. April 3rd, 4th and 5th, VK3, Midland Amateur Radio Club's annual Radio Electronic and Astronomy Expo. Old Fire Station Building at 52 View Street, Bendigo. June 12th, VK2. Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 35th annual Field Day. And it's goodbye from Dennis, VK6KAD. Bob, VK6POP. John, VK6FB. Nigel, VK6NI. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.